Welcome to Conscious Conversations. I'm Nitin Garg. And I'm Nick Paladino King. We are transformational coaches from the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a podcast for people looking to take their lives to the next level. Conversations that lead to real life shifts tend to happen only by chance. We are here to change that. Our mission is to create transformational conscious conversations so that you can experience powerful insights to live a life filled with more passion, purpose, and prosperity. Together with our guests, we will raise the collective consciousness of the planet one conversation at a time. So join us on this great adventure of life by taking a moment to settle in, become fully present, and get ready for a powerful conscious conversation. Hey everyone, today is a little different. Today, I get to interview Nick and we talk about his life journey over the last one year. It's been, there's been some significant shifts in Nick's life and he was facing some really hard conversations in business, in his personal life. And there was some real skin shedding as he described that he had to do in order to be able to move forward. This conversation is deeply personal but it's packed with powerful nuggets for how all of us can can really lean in, lean into our lives and how we can navigate through whatever the next chapter might be for us. So listen in. Uh, this is a an amazingly powerful conversation packed with great insights. Enjoy. All right. Thanks for joining in. Nitin and I are going to go on a little conscious adventure today. Let's, let's start in with a grounding meditation to get ourselves present, get ourselves feeling here. Um, and the meditation I'm going to lead us through is really the foundation of what I teach when I believe in the philosophy that I live by, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today. So this can be a really nice way to set up the conversation uh, and have a thread go from uh, beginning to end. So go ahead and close your eyes. And you can take a big deep inhale in through your nose. Open mouth, exhale to relax, to release, and to arrive. And to arrive into this moment right here, right now. Noticing how you're thinking, feeling, noticing where your mind, where your energy is. If they're not here in this moment, can you bring them in? Can you bring them here? And a really nice, really easy way to do that is by beginning to focus on your breath. And you can begin to find the breath that feels right to you in this moment, right here, right now. And what is the breath that's right for you today? How much inhale do you need to fill yourself up, to breathe in, to bring in? And how much exhale do you need to release, to let go? And then what's that perfect pace or perfect tempo of inhale and exhale for you? Again, right here, right now. How much in, how much out, at what pace? 
you'll know you've begin or begun to find the breath that feels right to you when you feel a sense of release or relief in your mind and your body. A sense that everything in this moment is unfolding just as it's supposed to be, just as it should be. Can you start to relax into that, into that knowingness? Everything is happening for you, just as you've designed it, right here, right now. And if it's, if it's hard to find that for yourself, then do less, fix less, control less, and let that breath that's right for you find you. Because you're both looking for each other. It's the breath that's right for you, just as you're right for it. So relax, let it come. Nice, that's it. And now from this deeper space, this deeper place of presence, of awareness, if you're listening, you can feel free to set yourself an intention for how you want to think or feel or how you want to be or how you want to show up in the world today. You decide what that looks like, what that feels like. And now you can place that intention in your heart See it, sense it, feel it, bring it into the world, and then set it in your heart with a big inhale in through your nose, and a nice, big, stress-relieving, open-mouth exhale. Nice. All right. So you practice, gently bring your chin to your chest. Take a moment, notice how you feel. And then when you're ready, you can flutter open your eyes and come back into the space, just in a different way, ready to listen physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually today. Thanks, Nick. Welcome. That felt uh, very grounding. I feel almost like relaxed, but at the same time, energized. Yeah. Yeah, that's I get that, get that a lot from that meditation too, because it's more of it's a coming to presence technique of being here and in the present moment, we're relaxed, and we have energy, right? We're present, and we are, you know, aware and able to to move. And it's not like a deep, deep meditative state. So that's how I start every meditation uh, for myself or any I teach. It's really a priming technique, more than anything is to get yourself present. And the more you do that technique, find the breath that's right for you, the easier and uh, even more like the faster it can happen. And there's yeah. a key piece I threw in there of if it's hard to find, do less, fix less, control less, let it come to you. It's I like right. that piece. Like it's it's looking for you too. Yeah, I love that because you know, so often it's like even when we say, you know, find the breath that's right for you, or depending on where people are, if they're thinking mind is too strong, it's like, wait, what am I looking for? Where's the where's the perfect breath that I should be searching for? But it's like I love when you said, Yeah, do less, control less and let it come in naturally your body's gonna breathe what it needs you know and when we go running or if we're about to face some kind of a situation in our life our heart rate like it's already preparing us for that moment you know every second of of the day so yeah the, the perfect breath is ever present 
it's ever present and you're right it's, it doesn't look like anything it changes too every time every day you do it sometimes it takes me five seconds sometimes it takes me five minutes um but that's fine that's how long it takes there's no time yeah. frame so yeah those are that's a really great way to just to start to prime yourself for the day for meditations for life and again like i mentioned a lot of that that meditation right there is really kind of the cornerstone the foundation of the way i look at the world um so we can dive into that or wherever you think we should go Nivin. well i'm interested to see so let's let your ho you're hosting what do yeah, we got that's right so uh, <laughs> is that instead of co-hosting today which is what nick and i usually do today we did we decided this about uh two months ago you know nick's been through a journey of of his own over the last year or so um and it's been transformational for him from where he was about this time last year to where he is today. And it just felt right that we should spend an episode talking about that. There's a lot of nuggets, I'm sure, in your journey that I'm sort of somewhat aware of, even I'm not mm -hmm. fully aware of it. And so I'm actually really looking forward to just being here. My intention, by the way, when you asked for intention was to be here with you powerfully. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I just felt that. Uh, and as you're talking, I'm, I was kind of thinking, actually, like, I'm a public person, but I'm actually private, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm not about oversharing or making things about myself too much. So I am, a, I am public. People know me, but not really into telling my story or, you know, sharing um, the journeys or the struggles I'm on, which I'm totally happy to. So it's cool. That just hit. So thanks. So be here with me presently. Uh, my intention was to be vulnerable and open. Mm. Awesome. Well, we can we can meet each other then. Uh, and so tell me, Nick, to, to start off, just I'm curious to hear what was a, a key moment in this this last year or so, roughly for you that that I was a, that was either like a key insight or some sort of transformation, like when what was going on? Maybe you can set up some context for the listeners. Like maybe what was going on and then like what shifted? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good question. Let me, let me start by answering that by backing it up a little. Um, because I think the, what kind of got me to where I was a year ago is actually probably a 10 year mm. kind of process. So I'd started to feel about a year ago that the things in my life that I had been doing for a long time were no longer working you know, in terms and uh, specifically in terms of the way I was with my, with my wife, with my, some of my businesses, um, even as a teacher, um, you know, all these things that I had designed in my thirties to be, become a yoga teacher, to become a, a life coach, um, to, you know, to get married, to eventually open my own, you know, health and fitness studio. There was, these are all things that like, maybe like a younger Nick wanted, Right, and a younger Nick really worked for, and things in my my early my late twenties that were so far out of my paradigm that I was like, these these are impossible things. So I would say is I I really spent a lot of time in my late twenties, early thirties, figuring out who I who I was, who I wanted to be, and really what I wanted to create in the world. They say that's kind of if I were to sum up my thirties, I think that probably sums it up. I just turned forty a couple months ago, so this is kind of a new river I'm stepping into. Congrats. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Thanks. What you know, the what I'm the elder in the room now. <laughs> um, but I spent a ton of time with my teachers, my own personal practice, figuring out, okay, who am I in the world? What do I want? How do I go create it? Um, and then really also, how do I make a living by doing all those things together? And that took me 
a lot of pounding my head against the wall for years to kind of figure out to eventually then to start to teach people those things, which, which felt great for a long time. And I would say, you know, that around 37, 38, I started to ask myself these questions of, you know, like, is who I am now who I want to continue to be? Mm. Um, and not in a, not in a negative way. I think that's really important for people to understand is I don't, I don't have to hate myself to change myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there doesn't have to be something wrong with me in order to want to be different. I can go, you know, being a yoga teacher or spending a lot of time as a, a life coach and even teaching other people how to be a coach. I was like, those things were really fun to me. They were really exciting to me in my mid to late thirties. And at some point I'm trying to go, you know, this, it, this feels like the suit I'm living in isn't fitting anymore. You know, that I'm starting to feel uncomfortable in my body. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable in my relationships. I'm starting to be unhappy um, with the life I created. And mm. I just used that very, very mindfully. I was very, I started to become, become unhappy with the life that I created. Yeah. I created the life and that I'm going, it's not, it's not working anymore. I'm not happy. I'm not excited about teaching yoga. I'm not excited about coaching in the same way. I'm also getting kind of tired of, uh, creating a lot of Instagram content and social media content. These I was just noticing the things I was doing that used to fill me up no longer work. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's huge. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's big. It's big. And that's, that's where non-attachment comes into play. It's like, well, they, they, this is what I created. This is what I wanted. It should. Right. I'm using quotation marks there. It, it should work. This should make me happy. And I'm going, well, it did. And it was, and now it's not. So I probably spent 38, 39. So, you know, end of 2020, 2021 to 2022, kind of with an internal battle. And this all corresponds with COVID too and a shift and a change. What do you think, what do you think kind of shifted? Like, so, you know, of course you did. So you designed this life for yourself and mm-hmm. you were aspiring to be able to do this kind of work. You were doing it. And then what do you think, what's your sense of what shifted? I, you know, I think uh, to a large extent, I think COVID probably, you know, two or three years of sitting in with myself in a lot of ways and going, okay, like, am I happy? Do I want to continue doing things I'm doing? Also, um, both of my businesses, my, my private coaching practice and my, my physical business tribe started, you know, in my mind failing. Mm. So that started happening, you know, like, okay, these things that used to happen, these, these, the way I used to bring in clients and money and have impact in the community, they almost were gone overnight. You know, I'm going from having a filled fitness and yoga studio with hundreds of members to now yeah. we're virtual and I'm in front of 20 people online and I'm just like, man, I'm miserable. This sucks. Like I'm not, I realized one, I didn't realize how much uh, joy I get from being around people and curating community. I didn't, I didn't know I was that filled up by being with people and being in the presence of people and really seeing and that physicalness of watching people grow physically, emotionally, spiritually. So that's some of it for sure is that our, my businesses were almost shut down and there was a two year struggle of trying to get them to survive. So I think that's part of it. Nothing too is, is yeah. it was, it wasn't fun anymore to create business. It wasn't fun to have a, a coaching practice. It wasn't fun to have a, a physical space, you know, with community cause it was kind of gone. So I think those all started to add up, that's, which really that's... started to wear on my self-worth, you know, and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And I didn't know how much my self-worth was wrapped up around, um, being successful and also seeing people grow and having my hand in that, you know, and, uh, I knew I liked it. I just didn't know it. A lot of my worth was wrapped up into it. Yeah. That's, I mean, 
not only I'm trying to imagine, you know, what it's like being having those kind of businesses and then overnight with COVID having all of that land on you, the pressure of mm -hmm. and of and yourself, not just seeing the financial numbers change for your business and your practice, mm -hmm. but also internalizing that physically, emotionally, mentally. Yep. Um and I, and I remember, you know, some of our conversations about this, about this time last year or somewhere around summer last year that you were going through some heavy stuff. There mm -hmm. was definitely some, uh, there was a lot of ref time of reflection. There was almost maybe I, I would sense in a little like a sense of like subduedness. Mm -hmm. um, what was your experience? Like what was going through, what was yeah what was going through for you during that time yeah. and how yeah, did you it was... what was that process even like like if you look back at even just the what would you would might sometimes refer to as a period of suffering or deep pain you, did you find there were stages to that yeah for sure and it's i talked about it maybe on, on our last podcast it's like you know once your heart starts to speak to you what i've noticed is at first it starts to whisper you know, then it starts to, to talk to you and then it'll start to kind of, it'll start, it gets louder. Right. So that's kind of what I noticed was there was these little subtleties I was starting to notice of like, Oh, I'm not excited about showing up to teach yoga or, you know, I'm, I'm running this, this group of, of coaches and teaching them about how to build their businesses. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of getting tired of this or I'm feeling like the things that I was doing that were filling me up that were regenerative were starting to become the opposite. Right. And it was like, oh, okay, I'm doing a lot of these different things that used to fill me up. And I used to do, you know, five or 10 different things that were filling me up. And these five or 10 different things started to then not fill me up. They started to actually take my energy. I think that was kind of the first sign to look for. It's like, ooh, these things I was enjoying, these things that were giving me life, that were giving me joy, that were giving me impact, they're not doing that anymore. And they're actually starting to hurt, you know? And I've, I've learned about myself. I'm actually quite sensitive. Like things will actually start to hurt me emotionally or, you know, or mentally. Um, so I was starting to notice those things. Right. And then ignoring those, you know, and then continuing to do things for six months or a year that I was like, these aren't filling me up, but I kept doing them because, you know, I'm supposed to, this yeah. is my job, this is what I signed up for. I think or that's kind of the first you made commitments to other people that you're keeping and so forth. Totally. And I take a lot of pride, pride in, t in making commitments and supporting people and, you know, walking the walk. And also as a as a teacher. And I think at this point for myself, a, a pretty, pretty high level teacher, can I sit with my own suffering? Can I sit with my own issues and still show up for people uh, in a role that supports them and grows them? And the answer is yes, I can. Now, do I always want to be doing that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll, I started to notice, you know, you're noticing, you know, there was a subduedness or some other students that really know me or say, Hey, you know, are you okay? Something, something's off. So I think those are kind of the, the whispers that start to happen. And then it started to get to a point about a year ago, I just going, you know, I'm not happy. And I started to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to close my businesses. I'm going to get divorced. I'm even thinking about like just completely blowing up my life. So it got, it got very, it was quiet. It got louder, got louder, got louder to a point when it was like, oh, now I'm going to explode or implode. Mm -hmm. um, which by the way, if you're listening is a very common male way of dealing with things is you pack it in, you pack it in, you pack it in, you pack it in, and then you explode. Right. And so that is something to watch for. Um, 
you know, with your own growth as you're listening to you, by the way, and can you start to listen to these smaller things? So yeah, I think that all started to happen. Um, and then there was also like the final thing was there was a lot of hard conversations in my life that I was avoiding hard conversations with myself, hard conversations with students, hard conversations with business partners, hard conversations with my wife. And all of those hard conversations that I was avoiding were again, draining my prana, draining my energy, right? Cause when I'm not having those hard conversations, that doesn't mean I'm not thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm probably thinking about them all the time. So those all, that all started to happen. And I finally said, okay, I'm either going to, either going to blow up my life. I'm going to hit the reset button or I can, you know, lean on my teachers, which I did and get their insights and get their perspectives and start to then apply the things that they're telling me and have been teaching me. And I really think to be a good teacher, you need to be a great student you know mm -hmm. so i'm going okay gene what do you what do you think like i don't see what's going on here she's like you're not having conversations you need to go have conversations with the key people in your life and what i noticed was i was so afraid to have deep and vulnerable conversations with the closest people in my life uh in a way easier to have those with people i was less close to yeah because you know the people in our life are so vested in like how we've structured our life. And if we say, Hey, you know, something fundamental is shifting for me. It's like scares the bejesus out of them. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes you don't end up having the conversation you were hoping to You get caught up in all these, like, Oh my God, what does this mean for life? And how is it going to change and so forth? And so I, yeah, I feel you. It is scary. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's kind of becomes an, okay, am I more afraid of having a deep conversation or am I more afraid of like blowing up my life? Like, which one do I want to choose? And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. well, shit, I guess maybe why don't I, why don't I start with the hard conversation? Because worst case scenario is I just then go to the next thing I was going to do anyway, which was blow up my life. Imploding. Yeah. So it's like, okay, why does it matter then if this person gets upset or if we, if the conversation doesn't go well, but it was kind of that thing. I think in our minds, we can make things so big that we actually run from these conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, that are actually the ones we need to have in order to set ourselves free. So that, that's what I did. I kind of said, okay, what are my choices? Kind of going back to, you know, some of the main things that you and I talk about is bring awareness into your life. Okay. What's going on? What's happening? Okay. And then from there, what actions do you want to take? Yeah. Um, and before you go, um, cause I, I definitely want to hear more about the hard conversations and, you know, especially as you were working with your teachers, what really like, how they helped you navigate all this. Cause that's so key to, you know, anyone's journey, but I'm really curious as you were looking at some of these like difficult conversations, you know, you, uh, you being a teacher and having taught like, what, what, what was, what do you see that was happening with you? Like what was happening really deep within yourself? Cause you know, this stuff, you teach mm -hmm. this stuff. Yeah. Um, because especially when you were talking about how like, hey, we need to like you recognize through your teacher's reflection, like, okay, you there's some, there's some level of hard conversations here and now you got to go have them. Mm -hmm. That's a key insight, I feel for, you know, just like anyone listening to this podcast right now to say, okay, is there a conversation that I'm repeating in my head? Is there a storyline? Yes. 
from which maybe I'm turning away, avoiding, that's creating pain, but it's there, it's lingering, it's continuing to nag at me. And so that might be a key indicator for any one of us that we, we need to pay attention to that and likely find a way to lean in into that is what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. And we, we talked about this maybe a year ago in, a, in one of the episodes, we said, are we paying attention? Yeah. And well, really important thing here is, and, and Nathan's so correct, like these are the things that I that are fundamentally to who I am as a person of teaching these aspects of listening, bringing awareness. But if, if you've been around me, you know that I'll be one of the first to say that awareness doesn't get the job done. Like that is the, the first step. Action is where the rubber meets the road. And for me, it was, that's where I was stuck, right? Between the two of knowing, listening, hearing, but then taking action. And why? Well, I was afraid. I was scared of the feedback or I was scared of what people would say or think, or I was afraid of just being vulnerable. So those, those pieces were all in there. And it's, and sometimes, and maybe even more often than not, I find it could be more painful if you're aware of things and unable to take action or in a place where you feel like you're not because ignorance is bliss. Like if you're, if you're not aware of the things that are making you upset, if you're not aware of the things that you're unhappy with, then you know what? Like, okay, I'm just in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Right? We've all been there. We all and we all have worked those things. But when you know what is wrong and you know inherently what you need to do to change it, and you're not, that's where suffering lives. And it actually took it took two key people to help me see this because it's like I could see it, but I don't. I didn't see it as much as I thought it was there. Also, one of my best friends that I've known for 20 years, he said, "I don't know what's up with you," but he goes. I've never seen you like this. And he goes, it looks like you're like, you need to shed your skin. Hmm. He's like, you're almost like, uh, you know, like a reptile that needs to shed its skin and your skin's not fitting anymore. And I don't know why it was what time, the place, the person, when he said that I was, that's it. There's nothing wrong with me, but the things I was, the things I was doing, the skin, the suit I was wearing was no longer fitting. Right. And it was that thing that said, Oh, okay. So I just need to shed my skin. And that was kind of the start of, okay, what are these conversations? Right. And then the second thing that happened, this is why it's so important to have good friends around you, teachers, coaches, confidants. My teacher, Dennis, one day we're sitting there hanging out and he looks at me and he goes, Man, you're suffering. And when he said that, I was like, Wait, what? Wow. I was. I was like, I knew I was in pain. I knew I wasn't happy. But when when the person I trust probably the most in my life says you're suffering, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and I was I was looking for that feedback, right? I was open to that feedback. So it was yeah. those key things. I said, okay, I am suffering. Acknowledgement. I am not happy. Now, I was happy. I was doing all these things that were great. And now I'm not. Okay, that's fine. So then it was a lot of this happening over six months, a year, getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And a couple key conversations. I sat, I finally said, okay, option one, I blow up my life. Okay, that's there. Option two, I have three really difficult conversations with three key people in my life. Okay, so let me start with the easiest one. Let me start with kind of the low hanging fruit. And this is something I would, I was telling a student last week, like you don't have to go full, full extent. When you start to make changes, you can do a little conversation. You can feel things out, you know? So was it one of those conversations with, with Gene and 
your teacher Dennis like was there something mm -hmm. in that conversation that was like okay I'm, I'm gonna go have one of these three because I know these are big yep. things right you're talking about your business you're talking about your profession yep so no wonder it and feels talking, like and I'm talking about my marriage yeah right and no wonder yep. there was so much built around that and there was so much fear or you know not being able to move forward into the conversations I'm curious what sort of helped unlock it for you that you were able to take yeah. that next step yeah, that, that's a really good question. And there's a couple key things here. One is internally wanting things to be different, right? That's a key thing because if I didn't want things to be different, then I wouldn't have been reaching out to my teachers to say, hey, what do you guys think? I need some help, right? So the first thing there is is desire. Like there was, there was a desire within me to make change, right? There was a desire within me to not stay stuck. And there's no judgment on that. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have stayed stuck and unhappy for the rest of my life. That's a choice that I could make. Like, that's empowerment. So is that piece, like there's a desire to change and going, okay, being unhappy is okay. Suffer pain's okay, but suffering's okay. That's, that's not it. So that's the first piece. And then getting reflection from people that you trust that can show you or help you see things that you can't see. And to me, it actually was quite simple. It's like, Oh, my entire, my energy, my happiness is blocked because I'm not having key conversations in my life. I'm not having hard conversations that can unlock my life. So it was, it was those two things it was the desire and Gene saying, Hey, all you really need to do is have a couple conversations and you may quickly find that that unlocks you. And what is crazy to me after doing this work for 15 plus years now, and I know this, it's like, your life can change in one conversation. Your life can change in one moment. So Gene going, okay, start with your business partner. Go talk to him. And I said, I said to him, I said, Hey, try our fitness companies. It's either got to grow or it's got to die. And I was like, I don't care which one, but we got to pick one. What I'm not willing to do anymore is stay in the middle and continue to be unhappy. That was really the kind of the gist of it. And he didn't want to hear it. He wanted nothing to do with what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I kind of knew that was going to be the response, right? Look, Hey, I don't care what we do. We either grow or we die. But, I, but what it took there, nothing was me getting clear. Mm -hmm. What I'm not willing to do is stay stuck. And I learned actually through COVID that that actually is something that drives me insane. <laughs> it's being stuck and not moving, not moving forward. So it was that. And he's going, I don't want to hear it. I don't, you know, and, but then a couple of days later, I notice he starts to go, all right, what are we, how are we going to do this? How are we going to fix this? Right. So then giving that person his time <laughs> to process things on his own things, I drop a bomb. I can't, it's not fair for me to be like, okay, now you have to accept what I'm saying. Right. Giving the person their own right, finding the breath that's right for them. Yeah. Right. T tuning into the moment and see if, if that's something, if that's a direction yeah. they want to pursue. Yeah. So that, that conversation happened a month later. Okay. What are we going to do? We want to, we want to shut down the business. That's one option. We want to go all in, give it one last, you know, kind of push. And we said, okay, let's, let's give it a push. Let's, let's, let's really see if we can make this happen. So we went out, we found a coaching company. Um, we paid a coaching company 30 grand upfront cash to teach us how to unfuck our business <laughs> to put it simply and that's you know and really drop our egos and say okay there's things we don't know 
there's things that we don't understand. We understand how to have a business that kind of works. We don't understand how to have a business that thrives. So this is actually, as of this conversation, it's almost been a year with this coaching company now. Mm -hmm. And in that year, we have tripled our company's revenue in 12 months. That's And I go, it's insane. It's phenomenal. And that's, and even if we don't change anything for the next year, we'll probably double it again. So within two years, we will 5X our business because of one conversation. Yeah. We either grow or we die. What do you want to do, man? And I can feel myself getting excited now because it's like I've almost internally moved from the past Nick that was stuck because we've been talking about my old stuff to moving to the present one. That's like, it only took one conversation. Now, it wasn't easy. (laughs) But one conversation, what it did inside me is it closed down other doors, Mm -hmm. right? And I had told you last year, I said, I'm only working on two things this year. I'm working on tribe and I'm working on our podcast and that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to continue to ride multiple horses with one person. I said, I got to pick. And by picking, by choosing, where do I, where did I want to invest my time, my energy, my prana? And I go, okay, the thing that I chose to focus on is now growing because wherever I put my energy, it expands. So, wow, I put all of, instead of fragmented energy, right? And the five or 10 things that you used to do, like you were saying. Yep. I put it into one. Put in a one and plus you and I. And it's like, and what happened almost over Nathan, almost overnight from when I had a conversation with Gene to talking to my business partner. That's all that's only about a 30-day window right there, by the way. Yeah. And within the next 30 days, guess what happened to tribe? It started instantly, instantly growing and changing. And wow. I was I'm watching, I'm going. So a month ago, when I was refusing to have hard conversations with myself, my business partner, this thing was stuck. And the second I just man up, own my own insecurities, own my own neuroses, and just say, say what I was feeling, say what I wanted. Yeah. The universe goes, oh, oh, you're you're finally clear. Okay, here you go. And I'm yeah. watching, like, it can't be this easy. And then we and then a month later we find this coaching company, right? And so all those yeah. things happen within like 60 days of each other, which is not not a long time. Yeah. That that's massive. Uh, and it's phenomenal to hear, you know, like how just making is, you know, to you, you were okay with either outcome, shutting down or growing, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost also crazy to reflect on that. Like you could have gone either way, yep. right. And, and a whole set of other options may have presented themselves that you may have gone down if the decision was to shut down, but here you are, you may, you know, both of you. Uh, you and your part business partner decided, okay, we're going to double down and we're going to give it a push and we're going to see what happens. And that push also, that was a risk. It could have happened. It could have worked out just fine. It may not have. Uh, I mean, you're in San Francisco, the city is going through its own massive transformation at the moment. And so anything could have happened, but yeah, I'm really curious about, you know, outside of, to before we go deeper into the business dynamics. And I also want to know more about the other conversations, the other hard conversations you had What in this particular one, in this business decision, what was some of the skin shedding that had to take place before? Was there skin shedding that had to take place before you could have the conversation? Yeah, for sure. For sure. The, the, some of it was, you know, one admitting I needed help. 
right? And and a lot of it too was kind of around the way I was in the business. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm teaching yoga, I'm training clients, I'm coaching the staff, I'm doing the sales, like I'm you know doing social media. It was kind of, I was kind of trying to do everything, mm. right? And it was like, okay, well, I don't like doing all these things anymore. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? I want to, I want to do what I do best. I want to coach people. So now, so now the shift is when I go into my company, coaching everyone. It doesn't look like it used to, you know, you and I were like a one-on-one. Now it's coaching teams, coaching the community. And it's like, wow. So I actually get to do more and more of what I want now every day, which is coach and nurture and grow people. But it just, it had to, it had to take a change in how it looked. Right. I was trying to do everything. And as a result was making myself and probably the people around me miserable. So it was a letting go of control, letting go of responsibility, also letting go of feeling responsible for other people. Cause that really was what was wearing me down too. It's like, Hey, you know, if this company doesn't work, then our employees don't make money, you know, and then that affects them. So there's, there were, I was wearing a lot of that too. And really at the end of the day, I was trying to parent everyone around me. I was trying to be everyone's parent. Hmm. And I was I taking response and I was taking responsibility for everyone. And what I realized, and this is through some of the work with my teachers, I, that that was no longer filling me up. That was no longer working. And it was letting go of that piece of my personality that wanted to parent everyone and say, no, walk the walk. Everyone's a sovereign being. Everyone has the right to make their own choices. So stop parenting everyone. And as a result, it's like, wow, let, I can nurture them. I can support them, but I'm not responsible for them. So I think that actually, thanks for helping me get that. That was actually the piece that was keeping me stuck, was trying to parent everyone in my life um, as an older brother, as the, you know, the product of a broken home. Like that's how I learned to support my family. So I was yeah. doing that everywhere. And when I stopped doing that, that's when my life changed. Yeah, it sounds like uh, what I'm sensing in that is like you're, you're trying to create like a sense of stability, you know, to like, yeah, you have good intentions at your heart, but mm-hmm. it's like, taking on everyone else's burden as your own versus you were still coaching afterwards. So you're still coaching, but it's more from the teaching others to be responsible, to become responsible for themselves while you're guiding, nurturing. Exactly. Exactly. Which is what I've always been teaching, but I just didn't know I wasn't doing that internally. Right. Because Mm -hmm. our, our egos are subtle. You know, they're really, really, and the more where you get, the more subtle they can get. Um, and it took again someone from the outside saying, "Hey, do you realize you're doing this?" Like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Okay, like, yeah, you're doing it everywhere. No wonder you don't want to take on more responsibility. No wonder you, you're struggling in your marriage. No wonder, you know, you're you're not growing things because everything I was growing required more energy from me, and I was yeah. at energy. So there, you know, there's those pieces there of like, oh, and now I can talk about it too and be like, oh, actually, it's quite simple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, now I can have a lightness around. Quite simple looking back. Yeah, yeah hindsight's twenty twenty. Now I can have a, a lightness around my growth and go, oh, that was the perfect thing I needed to go through in order to grow. And there's a great line that I just I love. It's what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, right. So parenting, for a lot, that's probably what it came down to. Parenting the world around me got me to a certain rung or level, which I then became stuck at and could not get past. And it worked for. 40 years. And then, you know, 38, 39, 40, it's like, this ain't working anymore. So do I want to release that and grow? Or do I want to not release it and stay stuck? 
And when you come, when it comes down to that, it's a pretty simple thing. Do you want to go A or B? Yeah. Right. Which seems to be the thread throughout those conversations. It's choice. Do I go left or do I go right? And, and then living with either one of those are going to be fine. Either one of those is going to work out. I mean, I believe that. Um, I believe everything's going to work out at all times. Yeah. As long as we remove the picture of what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as I'm also, you know, just seeing the arc of the conversation and having you really talk through it is it was almost as if like when you were in that moment of that time period of there's all these conversations happening through your head, there's all these hard conversations you're aware of, but there's an indecision to it. There isn't yet the one way or the other. And maybe you were processing, maybe you were making sense of things and like trying to figure out what were the different options, but it sounds like, you know, once the the conversations, like the pending, big pending items mm-hmm. were clear enough that it was like, okay, we just, we don't know where these conversations are going to go, but they had to be had mm-hmm. else life continues to stay stuck and continues to deteriorate in some way. Yep, exactly. And, emotionally. and that's where anxiety comes from. Anxiety comes from not taking action. Yeah. And, and feeling stuck and feeling like you're a victim that doesn't have control or doesn't have the ability to make sh- changes. And that's where anxiety stems from. So it's like, oh, wow, here's a choice. Take one. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so fun to actually reflect and sit and be like, oh, it's actually very simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's fun. It's easy. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I actually, you know, as you say that, it's funny because um, one of my coping mechanisms for dealing with anxiety back in my corporate career, because there would be lots of anxiety, there would be lots of big decisions and stuff required you to do something. But because the time period was shrunk, it was like I had to have a decision for my team next week. The default coping mechanism was like, okay, well, what do I need to do in this moment to have a better answer tomorrow around this than I have right now? It may not be perfect, but because I think the time window was shrunk, it spun me into action faster. It's like when you have a test or a, a project when you're in college and you spend all semester thinking about it, thinking about it. And then when it comes down to it, you get it done in like a week or even right. less <laughs> So time. You can play with time to actually help you make decisions. Um, another great framework that I've started to work with recently, by the way, and you kind of just mentioned it is. And, and sorry, I was just going to add one thing, which is yeah. in our personal lives, because maybe the same sense of time isn't present, like there's more to work with. You know, it's like you probably, I'm sure you've heard this saying of like the work expands to fill the time allotted. It's almost like the decision expands, you know, until you decide when it's time to make it. And then it's like, it also, the decision expands until you've had enough, yeah. you know? And so there, so how can you put a timeline on yourself? It's like, well, pain's a great one, right? I, I see this all the time at, at my, my gym. It's like people come in and they weigh, you know, 250 pounds. And it's like, they had no problem with that. And then they hit 251 pounds and they come in and they go, 250 pounds was okay. 251 pounds is so beyond anything I'm willing to put up with. Hmm. Today's the day I'm changing my life. And I'm kind of always sitting there. I'm like, this is like, wow. Hmm. What what was, to, I ask all the time, like, what, what today was the reason you came in and said, today's the day I'm changing my life. Could be anything. 
you know, like someone couldn't walk up a flight of stairs or they see a picture of themselves and they get hit with a, you know, dose of reality or their partner says something or it's a number. So you can use all these different things. You just know what works for you. And then that'll help decrease the timeline to make decisions. And the other thing I was going to say is, and this is something I've been working a lot and you started to hit, hit on it is the decision I'm going to make today is probably not going to get me to the final answer. Mm-hmm. But does does the decision I make today get me closer? Mm. Or does the indecision I make today take me further away? And from that place, it gets way easier to make decisions and have, let's say, these hard conversations, whatever that hard conversation is. is does making the decision to have the conversation move you closer or further away from the goal? In my case, it did. It yeah. Just going, okay, I'm going to have this conversation that decreased anxiety. Why? Because I took an action, an action, an internal one to go one degree closer. And then I'm going, okay, now I'm going to set up time to have the conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to plan it out. Now I'm going to think about what I'm going to say. Now I'm going to think about what the outcome is I want. Now, maybe I'm going to talk to some other people and get their insights. So before the conversation comes, I've already done 10, 15, 20 things to get me ready to then have the conversation. And then remember my story, it's the conversation didn't fix the problem, but it got us closer. Yeah. And then a week later, we're closer. And then a month later, and now a year later. So it's like, oh yes, that to me is a beautiful framework of does the decision you're, does the decision you're making now move you further or closer away from your, your goal? Yeah, and this you know, reminds me of uh, this business saying that the only wrong decision is indecision. That there's no such thing as a perfect decision. You know, if you have a couple different options in front of you, pick the one that you feel is the best in the moment. This is mm-hmm. a common business saying that because, but because of making whatever that decision may be, even if it's the wrong one, you're going to learn fast. You're going to get some feedback from either yourself, the people you work with or the market, and then be able to course correct. But it's yep. the indecision that always keeps us stuck. So it reminds me, it's like, mm-hmm. this applies to personal life. This applies to business as well and that ability to be able to recognize okay i do i have some pending decisions and then moving to a choice uh you know sometimes the whole bit around perfectionism can get us caught as well like oh am i making the perfect decision i know a lot of people struggle with that i know we only have a little bit of time left nick and i'm curious for the you talked about one of your big decisions was around business. I'm curious what what can the audience learn from from the other two big decisions that you the other two big hard conversations that you also had coming up. Yeah, the other one was around uh, relationship with my brother. That was around relationship with my with my wife, and it was and what I realized was um, this is a, a core belief that I have in myself and that I share and teach is your external world is a reflection of your internal world. So whatever I, Nick, am thinking, feeling, saying to myself inside, that is what's going to be manifested outside, okay? Mm-hmm. So what I noticed was the, the conversation I had with my business partner at its core was the same conversation I wanted and needed to have with the brother and the same one with my wife. And it was like, oh, yes, because it's me creating my own problems so what they're not going to really be different. They may look different, but internally it's the same thought. I'm afraid of expressing myself fully. 
I'm afraid of releasing responsibility for the most important people in my life, right? I'm afraid of them leaving me if I'm not there to support them. I don't know, whatever narrative's in there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well, the same conversation I'm having here is actually very similar to the same conversation I need to have over here. And it's like, okay, same thing. Sit down with Emily and say, okay, we're not happy. I'm not happy. What are the shifts? What are the changes that we need to make? What do we want to do? Do we want to stay together? Do we not? You know, do we, do we want to make changes? Do we not? That's a tough conversation. Oh, it's a horrible conversation in the moment to have, you know, and we had that conversation. And I think a lot of people that know us would be shocked to hear that we had that conversation because we have a really good marriage and there's places where we didn't, there's places where we still need work. Um, so it was having that conversation, those hard conversations of, are we happy? If not, what do we want to do about it? You know, do we want to stay unhappy? That's a choice. <laughs> or are we willing to give up the life we have for the life that we want? And that's a line from my teacher, Gene. It's like, and that can be a really hard conversation to have. Like, hey, are we willing to give up what we have, which is kind of working, for what we want? So are you willing to give up what you have for the things that you want? And that's really what I worked myself through last year and have been working myself through for the last 20 years, really. But it's just easier to articulate now with more time and experience on it is what was working, it, that was great for me. And at a point, it it became not so great. And at a point, it became painful. And at a point, it became suffering. And then from there, it's like, okay, am I willing to give myself what I want? Am I willing yeah. to sit down in this moment and say, am I willing to make change? And am I willing to create and go through hard conversations and times in order to create what I want in my life? And that story that I'm talking about now is unique to me, but that's everyone listening can relate to that in one way or the other, right? And, and I just use me as a metaphor of what are the conversations you're not having with yourself and the people in your life to create the life that you want. And if you can take that from this conversation, then all my pain and suffering is a gift for all of us to learn and grow from. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that. Oh, and Nick, what, so when you had that conversation with Emily, what shifted for the two of you? Mm. You know, what, because there was something that wasn't working. You're together today. In fact, you just came back from a vacation. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm curious, like, did it unlock something for her? What unlocked for you? What, what's something that shifted? Yeah. Well, one, it's it's wild to say is our, our marriage today is the best it's ever been. Hmm. Um, and a large part of that is from, from being vulnerable and honest. And I think to a large extent, it was it was letting each other be our their own their own person. You know, like, hey, these are the things that are important to me. What's important to you? You know, what like what do you need more of from me? What do I need more of from you? Right? How do we bring those things together? to really work through, um, our stuff. And we're both, we're both older, older siblings, you know, so we've got that kind of going on where we're both, we look both like to be in charge. So what we've learned, and I've actually talked about this before is allowing one of us to be in charge. Right. And so that's something that we figured out, which has been really, really impactful. It's like, okay, who's leading right now? Who's got this? Who's in charge? And when I say I've got it, now she knows to relax and step back. And when she says she's got it, I know to relax and step back. And and that honestly for us has been a game changer. And that's a very simple thing, but that's about knowing yourselves. Yeah. And then again, going, 
how do we fix this? How do we change this? What are you frustrated by? So that, that happened for us. And it was actually, I forgot where I learned that, but it was a, it was a phenomenal thing that her and I figured out of, yeah. Hey, who's got this. Okay. Then I'm going to go relax. Yeah. And I remember us talking about this in one of our relationship Mm -hmm. conversations where we were talking about like, Hey, you know, both of you, both you and I are married to women with masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that recognizing it, and then with what you just shared, creating the space so that both masculine energies have a place where there's like, okay, you go ahead, you take the lead this time versus I take the lead on something else. And so the other person knows to, to take a back seat, chill out, or they can share their opinion in a more discreet way and let you know sort of, you know, what's going on. Um, That's awesome. And one thing I want to put on that was huge for you guys. Yeah. And and one thing I want to put on there, which is a caveat for this whole conversation. This is something that I've, I've really learned as I've gotten older. If, if this would have happened to me at age 30, I would have blown up my life. And this Mm. is kind of what I used to do because I wasn't giving myself or other people around me time to make shifts. So something I've learned to do now is be more watery. Okay. And what I mean by that is maybe don't say the whole conversation, maybe start to share pieces of things, maybe start to drip feed what you're thinking or what you're saying. Right. And then by the time the conversation comes, have a lighter, easier conversation, and then also give the other person time to listen and hear and respond in their own way. And that's something I've learned as I'm getting older now is to give myself and others more time and space um, rather than just ripping the bandaid off. Right. So that's a really big thing I want everyone to hear is there's there's no timeline for things that you're going through. For me, it was about a year. It could have been longer. It could have been shorter. It was all perfect. So when you're working with yourself or others, uh, give yourself and Nathan already said it space, you know, space to change space to grow and time. Those, those things really, really help. That, that I'm glad you shared that because that is, uh, you know, we're, when you're having these conversations, especially relationships, friendships, business, like we're at the end of the day, we're human. It's just like we're expressing our emotions. Someone else has to listen to them and absorb them and make sense out of them. Not only for what you're saying, but also what it means for them and like their priorities and desires and everything else in life. So exactly. Part of what I feel like you're almost pointing to is this, you know, getting moving away from the tendency to explode on people when you've built up so much stuff within yourself that you can't contain it anymore versus letting yourself actually flow. Like you said, it's almost like a little bit of a water metaphor river where you're sharing things with people in bits and pieces, sharing what's happening, maybe even in the current moment, right. In, in the right way so that they're more aware of what you're thinking, what's emerging, what might be shifting Versus it being like a go or no go conversation, yeah, yeah. all packed exactly. into one hour. Yep. And because at the end of the day, we're all human and it, it takes time to process some of these things, just like they have, they had big implications for you and your life, Nick, like, you know, it similarly has big implications for the person that you're talking to. Absolutely. And that, that's grace, giving yourself grace and space to, to process. And, you know, as I started this whole conversation around, finding the breath that's right for you. Let's wrap it all up. And then remember when you live from there, then you also need to give people the time and place to find the breath that's right for them. And that can be a really hard thing to remember, but if you can put those together, what's the right action for me? What's the right action for you? Sometimes those line up. 
other times they don't, but you, if you're going to give yourself the grace to act for your own right action, then it's also important to give others that same exact, um, you know, opportunity as well. And that can be a really hard thing to remember. And I think that is, if you can put those together. That's how you live a, a really great fulfilled life that, you know, it's still hard and still challenging. Yeah. I, I, that couldn't have asked for a more perfect ending. And I love how you just summarize that because I think that metaphor of finding the breath that's right for you, exactly mm -hmm. where we started this conversation and how we start our yep. podcast conversation, exactly. you know, anchoring on the fact that when we do that for ourselves and then we lean into the, what's the conversation that may be right for two individuals in a moment, you know, and maybe it's not the whole of the subject, but it's some part of it. And doing that moment to moment and maintaining our awareness and presence, you know, can then gradually unfold into whatever is emerging because it doesn't have to have to happen all at once. Even the final decision doesn't have to happen all at once. Like you said, Hey, the final decision maybe wasn't clear, but some increment of that conversation, some increment of that breath had to be inhaled and exhaled for the dots to begin connecting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Perfectly said. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for this uh, vulnerable but deep conversation that I'm sure our listeners are going to find super helpful. I know I've learned a ton. Just, you know, even so, though we so talk I. all the time, even I didn't know some of the depth of what you were going through. So I'm, I'm grateful for you taking the time to like come in and fully just lay it on the table and share your story. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for holding the space for me to, to share and be vulnerable and learn about myself. Um, there a lot more came out than I was even expecting or even thinking about. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do it again. I'll interview you next time. And we'll All right. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Take care. Got it. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening in. If you want any more information about our guest today, uh, about any of the sessions or, or offerings that were presented, uh, as well as about myself, Nitin, or Nick here, you can find all the links to our websites and uh, how to get in touch with us through the episode notes. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you heard, share it with friends and family, spread the love, spread the collective consciousness, and help us raise the consciousness as a whole.